You know what we're about to do? We're about to get real. We're about to have conversations that Christians have behind closed doors. The scary ones? Jesus doesn't need us to do things for him. He is perfect love. The ones that make you feel uncomfortable? He is the one who is always the first mover towards us. That's where we're going. It's a matter of how we respond. And even with spiritual practices, it's just specifically with fasting, it needs to always be instituted and prompted by God. Why? Because we're family. Ustedes son mi familia. So it's not something that we can just put on a checklist and say, well, Nancy talked about fasting. I think I'm going to try that. You know, let me see if I like it. So this is the Brian and Janelle podcast. She's Janelle. I'm Brian. And if you don't want to miss anything, just hit that subscribe button. That's what we do in the Christian life. Right. We're using spiritual things for our own ends. That's the dangerous part, and that's where it goes to spiritual gluttony. I could want things in the spiritual life, but I may be wanting them because they make me feel good, not because I really want God. Wait, wait a minute. I do my quiet time every day because God wants me to. I go to church because God wants me to, and I'm, I'm trying to please God, Nancy. Christ came and settled that issue once and for all. We don't need to please Him. We need to be obedient to Him. And so we listen first to His voice, follow His promptings, and submit to His will. We've gotten the cart before the horse, is that it's first listening to Him, allowing His light to shine in our hearts, and from that place, being obedient to His will. Jesus only did what the Father told Him to do. This is the Brian and Janelle Podcast. Joining us now to continue her series on spiritual disciplines. She's lovely. She's amazing. She is a spiritual mentor to many of us Mm -hmm. here on the show. And she is also with the Caritas Center for Spiritual Formation. Yes, I said it right. You don't know? Ask her. Was that right, Nancy? You were spot on. Yeah. Yeah. She's also a licensed professional clinical counselor, uh, which both Janelle and I need a whole lot of. So we're glad to have her back this week. Welcome back, Nancy. (laughs) Nice to be with you guys, as always. Give us a quick recap on what are spiritual disciplines? Spiritual disciplines are activities that we um, put in place to open a space for God to work in our lives, quite simply. And so it's things that we intentionally do so that God can heighten where he wants to redeem from fasting to solitude to different aspects of prayer. But they're disciplines of the spirit so that, again, we learn through God's work with us to become more like him. Now, Sarah and I were in our small group with some other couples over the weekend, and we were reading through a passage in Matthew where Jesus mentions fasting. And somebody goes, you know, I got to say something here. How come we never talk about, no one talks about fasting. Mm -hmm. No one preaches on fasting. I don't fast. Does anybody around here fast? And uh, I didn't answer. I was real quiet. Um, So (laughs) why is it the the lesser disgust of the spiritual disciplines, do you think? Well, I think overall we have lost the notion of spiritual disciplines, but I think specifically with fasting, we live in a food culture. I mean, to be a foodie is to be considered somewhat avant-garde and elite and kind of cool. So why would you want to talk about withdrawing from something that brings so much pleasure? 
And I think that that's, it really goes to the core of what fasting is about, is that it's the notion of withdrawing from food for a period of time to focus on the things of God. But if I love food so much, <laughs> why would I want to take that out of my life? What does it look like? So if it's, is it just simply withdrawing for, from food, like practically speaking, if you're fasting on Monday? And you're really hungry. Right. Is it just <laughs> withdrawing from food? No. In the traditional sense, yes, it's from food, but it's from anything really that has captivated us and becomes more important than God himself. And so for most of us, food, it, most of us solve around food. We wake in the morning thinking about what we're going to have for breakfast and then what we're going to prepare for dinner or where we're going to go out to eat. Or And there's nothing wrong with that. God has given us food to enjoy. But it's when we become preoccupied with it that it becomes an issue. So you can, whatever it is that, that fixates their hearts is what you can put into place. And coming into Lent, which is the 40 days before Easter, many people will fast from something that has become their focus. It's not uncommon for me to hear people fast from social media or from Netflix or, you know, Does activities. That count? Yes, that counts because, if, again, it's back to anything that drives us, it, it focuses our hearts, it becomes something that satisfies us where God is wanting to satisfy us. What about the people who are like, you know what, I'm going to fast from chocolate? Well, I think if chocolate is your thing, yeah. <laughs> which I would have to say I'm in that that group, that there was a period of time where uh, it wasn't a good day without some chocolate. There had to be oh, wow. some kind of a, of chocolate in there. And it sounds funny to say, but because it was preoccupying me, it was like when I was a little stressed, it was like, well, there's some kisses in the cabinet. And it wasn't that in and of itself wasn't a bad thing, but I found my compensation for stress was to turn to chocolate for a moment and then I felt better and then I moved on and the Lord just gently saying, you might want to consider fasting from chocolate for a period of time because that's substituting my meeting you in those places when there's stress. So now, Nancy, if, if my wife Sarah were here with us, she would kind of say amen to, to what I'm about to tell you. I have this, this <laughs> issue and it's called getting hangry. Like... <laughs> I get like hungry, angry. And so I, I've struggled and I get like really, I, I remember I was trying to fast once when I was a teacher and by about 10 o'clock, I was just, I was going to hurt somebody. I was so hungry. I could hardly think straight. <laughs> what am I doing wrong? Well, is it a physical low blood sugar? Could be. Yeah. So that's the part that it's important to feather out that if for some people like Ray couldn't do a water fast because he's a diabetic, so he can't do that. Oh. It would be harmful to his body. Um, and some people, like maybe yourself, that you have to have a certain level of energy from food to let, keep your blood sugars, you know, um, stable. So that hangry could very much be purely a physical thing and not necessarily an emotional um, related to being preoccupied with food. So is that just maybe doing a, a liquid fast or something where I'm having juice or something or what? How does that work? Yeah, or, or um, doing maybe if part of your, when you eat, primarily for carbohydrates or oh. uh, desserts or where it's the thing that it becomes the focus for you when you're eating then fasting from that or pizza. You know, some people sell for every week there has to be pizza. And the point is not specifically what you're taking out. It's the focus of what it does for you. 
Yeah, because see, you know, perhaps what it is for me is when you read that story about Jesus fasting for 40 days in the wilderness, it's like, to me, it's like, wow, there's the standard. Can't do that. Mm-hmm. So uh, why even start? Well, and we live in such a different age where our food is less re- is less um, vitamin intensive. There's more, um, we just need more nutrients. We don't live in a culture like Jesus lived, in which, which was primarily grains and, and proteins from fish, it was the Mediterranean diet. We, most of us don't have that. Uh-huh. So yeah, and also fasting was a part of that culture back then. So what Jesus was doing was yes, longer, but it wasn't unusual in that time period because of the Jewish tradition. But it does give us a model in terms of, are we serious about the things of God and what is it in the way that gets us where we stumble and focus on ourselves or focus on our own coping mechanisms so that we're not allowing God to meet us there. Nancy, we had a couple really good questions come in that we'd love to get your answer to. Yeah, Zach just texted and says, never fasted before. How do I start? Am I actively doing something spiritual while I fast? Um, How do you start? I think you start small and start with something that's manageable. So for some people, it might be starting with skipping breakfast and fasting until noon or having breakfast and fasting until dinner time. But if you haven't fasted before, especially if you're not that familiar with your body in terms of what we were talking about with blood sugar levels, start small and let this be a period of time where in, in place of the eating, in place of the food, you're now fasting on God. So when perhaps you're skipping lunch, you spend that time in reading the scriptures and praying and um, when your mind wants to start thinking about cheeseburger that you were hoping to have that day or that you normally have on i'm just throwing something out tuesdays that's a time when you um, move your heart back to christ and, and allow him to be the bread of life he says that's who he is and when we fast we move away from the place of solving for our own nutrients allow him to become who he he has always promised he is how you answered that ties to the next question as well, which is, again, I think real practical. It's They're saying also, are you supposed to be praying when you start to feel hungry so that you're talking with God? So it sounds like that's what you're saying, right? It's like when you're reminded of the food or the hunger, that's when you turn to God. Exactly. I mean, not that you don't turn to God throughout the process, but the hunger is a signal to say, you want to eat right now. Do you want God? Are you willing to turn to him and allow this to be a place where it's a crucible to seek him more. As well as just physically, the more we, when we fast, we're opening up our awareness to God moving because we're paying attention now. That's where, where I wanted to go a little bit. We've mentioned that it's a thing that many don't do now. So if people are thinking, well, you know, I'm in my word every day. I pray every day. What do you miss out on when you don't fast? Well, you're assuming that everything you're doing is enough. And I think that that's where the spiritual practices come in because it opens up that space for God to work. So when I fast, suddenly I become aware that, gosh, I'm, I'm much more preoccupied kind of on social media than I ever thought I was. Or um, now that I've taken carbohydrates out of my diet, I'm craving that. And I've seen that as a place that numbs me or satisfies me or... 
gosh, I never realized that that is a place that God wants to meet me personally there. Mm-hmm. With, with a lot of this, Nancy, I'm seeing questions surrounding a lot of issues I deal with too, right? It's like, Nancy, tell me how to do this right so it can be right. Yeah. And is that the it, point? It, no. The point is, as with everything that we do in the spiritual life, it must work out to tangible change. It must work out to, am I loving my spouse more? Am I loving my children more? Am I moving out into my culture and changing the world so that there's justice, so that there's reconciliation, so that there's less poor around me? We do these things because it matters. We live in a time, and I was having a conversation with someone the other day, we live in a time that there's a thing called ambient anger index. I don't know who created it, but it's a monitor as to how much anger is in the world. Hmm. And they were saying that now the ambient anger index is getting distressingly high. And I think that it goes to, there's so much pain in the world now that Christians need to be very diligent with, am I really changing? Or am I doing things that just provide enough comfort for me that I go along? And see, another nuanced way people think about this, because I know I have too, it's like, well, but Nancy, I want to do this because Jesus says I should. So I want to do it in a way that makes him happy. So I'm going to focus on me fasting makes Jesus happy. Yeah, and and Jesus doesn't need us to do things for him. He is perfect love. He is the one who is always the first mover towards us. It's a matter of how we respond. And even with spiritual practices, it's specifically with fasting, as we're talking about today, it needs to always be instituted and prompted by God. So it's not something that we can just put on a checklist and say, well, Nancy talked about fasting. I think I'm going to try that. Let me, <laughs> you know, let me see if I like it. That's what um, we do. That's what we do in the Christian life. Right. But it's, we're using spiritual things for our own end. Yeah. And that's the dangerous part. And that's where it goes to spiritual gluttony. I could want things in the spiritual life, but I may be wanting them because they make me feel good. Not because I really want God. Yeah. Yeah. And see, there, I know there's people listening going, wait, wait a minute. I do my quiet time every day because God wants me to. I go to church because God wants me to. And I'm, I'm trying to please God, Nancy. What are you talking about? <laughs> Christ came and settled that issue once and for all. We don't need to please him. We need to be obedient to him. And so we listen first to his voice, follow his promptings, and submit to his will. But it doesn't mean that we presuppose on ourselves. I'm not saying that, obviously not reading your scriptures and all that. But I'm saying we've gotten the cart before the horse is that it's first listening to him, allowing his light to shine in our hearts. And from that place, being obedient to his will, Jesus only did what the father told him to do. He was always listening to his voice. Yeah. And you know, this is what you've helped me with so much in my life too, where I I realized I was kind of approaching following Christ backwards. How did we get here where so many Christians are like reading their Bible every morning at the same time with their cup of coffee and posting on Instagram are doing things for God? How how did we get here where that's what we're taught to do? Well, I think it's what the Pharisees were doing and and that's never really changed. It's it's religion at its worst. It's religion at its worst. And why was that the place where we see Jesus unleashing his wrath is saying, you think you're pleasing me? You're not pleasing me. You're pleasing yourself. You're doing this for your own spiritual gain. You're not doing this for me. And I think that that's been a human condition from the beginning is we want to make God in our own image. And then we worship that God we created. 
because you know you you also hear people saying he wants me to do you know the my quiet time and then he wants me to go fight for him in America. Right, and that's where we have to be very careful because we can all deceive ourselves. You know, I just spoke with someone recently who said uh, she's wrestling with God, and she said, "But I think he's okay with that." (laughs) (laughs) So, what part of you thinks he's the the God of the universe, who is holy, pure, and true, is sitting back and saying, "It's good. (laughs) Keep on fighting." and keep on fighting. I'm okay with that. It's like, no, let's let's make sure the word informs us correctly as to how we're seeing his character and we're being informed directly, concretely in terms of who he is versus our own projecting onto him who we think he is, which we will all do. We all do. And, you know, this is why <laughs> it's so important for us to do this series with you and have you as a regular guest because this is what the Caritas Center for Christian Spiritual Formation does for people. It helps them grow closer to Christ and really examine what it means to follow and love him. And so if this intrigues you, you do have an opportunity to learn more about how to be part of that program or maybe get Nancy's book, Stages of the Soul, which deals with this as well. Nancy, how can folks learn more about you and what you're doing? They can go to the caritascenter.com. And there's information on our cohort program, and there's also a little button they can click on to stay updated, or they can also contact me through that part of the website. If they have any questions, I'm glad to email them back. And you can always reach out to us, too. Go to brianandjanelle.org. We'd love to connect you because this runs to the core of what Moody Radio is about, is helping you take that next step in your walk with Christ. Mm -hmm. And for many of us, it's throwing aside a lot of the things that we've been that we thought we needed to do for God yes. and learning to love Jesus more deeply. Nancy, thank you so much for your time today. We always love hanging out with you, sister. Well, it's always an honor. Blessings on you. Hey, hold up. Where are you going? You know you liked your time with us. You want more. So go ahead. Look down, hit that button right there and subscribe, and you'll get updated episodes and then you can hang some more. And guess what? You can help us out. How? A five-star rating. Hello. You can also hang with us live weekday mornings from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Download the Moody Radio mobile app and you're able to connect with us. Or just go to brianandjanelle.org. And listen, we didn't put all this together all by ourselves. There's some great people behind this production. We want to thank Ron Eastwood, Kelly Ryder, Paul Carter, Mike Reynolds, Alan Perry, and our awesome and fearless leader, Josue Villa. And finally, this podcast is a production of Moody Radio in Cleveland, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.